You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 134, featuring special guest, my sister and star, Taylor Lee Berra. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? My name is Maggie Berra, and welcome to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Okay, y'all, I have a confession to make. I have been wanting to do this episode since I began this podcast back in November of 2018. Today, I am so excited to bring you a conversation with my younger sister, Taylor Berra. From a young age, both my sister and I began pursuing the theater industry professionally in New York City. And so we both had a pretty early start to beginning our professional careers. Taylor made her national tour debut, understudying Carrie and eventually taking over the role of Carrie in Little House on the Prairie, the musical, alongside the legendary Melissa Gilbert, who originated the role of Laura in the Little House on the Prairie TV series. She also originated the lead role of Vita in Helen on 86th Street, the musical, which had a short run off-Broadway in New York City. In 2020, during the pandemic, she graduated with a BFA in musical theater from Montclair State University. In this episode, I chat with Taylor about growing up in the professional theater industry, touring the country at age 11, originating the lead in a brand new musical in New York City, college, senior showcase, and how she pivoted during the pandemic. And heads up, she's like way smarter and cooler than me. So you're welcome. Without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. So here's the thing. I didn't prep any questions whatsoever. But I have a feeling that that's okay, given that I do live right next to you. That kind of made my heart drop a little bit. Oh no! Kind of, the lack of preparation here is I was I was banking on you being prepped. Like, here's the thing: we are 134 episodes in. That's a lot. So the good thing is, is that I have been doing this for some time, so okay. we can bank on that. Okay. When do you remember like the age you were when you did your very first like? theatrical production was it Annie yeah I think that was probably when I was like seven because you probably were 10 (laughs) so I had to have been seven and but I was so mad that I wasn't Annie why were you so mad because you were Annie (laughs) but like I don't know why I was so pressed about it I was seven years old and I barely sang I barely sang at the audition I do you remember what your song choice was I won't grow up (laughs) I still don't know the words I didn't know them that day (laughs) did you read them you no, couldn't read. No, I couldn't read. I mean, that's a call out too, I guess. I couldn't read and yeah, I just reading. sang the same verse over and over again because that probably was my first audition yeah, too. Yeah, you're right. And I didn't you're know right. I didn't know what to do. So I just kept singing until they were like, you know, you're good. The good thing was though, is that you got involved in performing very early on though, because you when did you start like dance? Um, I was probably dancing at like three or four. 
So I was doing competition dance, so I was on stage, and that was comfy, but (laughs) I never sang. Like, Wait, when did you first start singing, though? I don't know. Because we didn't have... I guess we had voice lessons, sort of, for a hot second growing up, but we didn't start working with a vocal coach until... Right, I didn't start having voice lessons until we started working with our vocal coach. So that's that. Right. But somehow, some way... You made it to the professional theater world quite quickly. I think it was because of just my lack of awareness <laughs> and just just need for a good time that it was like, <laughs> sure, all right. Like, if I was good at it, I was going to do it. It was that kind of adrenaline rush. So this is the best story, I think, of all time, was your audition process for The Little House on the Prairie. So for those of you who don't know, Taylor was in the musical rendition of the little house on the prairie it went on a national tour and she started the production at paper mill playhouse which was pretty incredible given that we live so close there we've done a lot of things there in the past and then she went out on tour for nine was it nine months yeah it was i think six months of actual touring but we did a month of rehearsal and then two months at paper mill that's crazy i know how old were you when that tour went out i think i was Probably 10 when 10. I booked it and then yeah. I like turned 11 during the during the run of like, paper during the rehearsal process or yeah. something yeah so okay so really literally let's just let's just acknowledge the fact that you were in fact 10 <laughs> you yeah. were, literally were 10 years old so um before you went on that audition process had we had start had we started to like actually like audition for professional productions in New York before yeah. then we had I think we've been, probably been doing it for like a year or something. A year or so. So you had a little bit of a background in professional auditions prior to this. Yeah. I was like the callback queen. That's what she we was like to the call it. I was queen. the callback queen yes. in which I like always got callbacks for things, but I never booked them. So it was like <laughs> I had so much practice. For big productions, I know. Too. It's, I'm not... Not grateful for that. Oh my god, that's for big productions. Because I remember th- this was the era of the the theater, the young theater kid oh, on yeah, Broadway. It was this was Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was in its earliest stages of development. Yeah, they thought they were going with kids too. With yeah, that whole production, and then turned into Annie and Billy Elliot and all that stuff, and Matilda later. But so this was this was the year. Okay, I know it's kind of crazy actually how many like. <laughs> kid productions were going on at the time that I didn't even realize because we were a little bit naive going into this oh yeah that's what I mean is I'm like I think that was kind of the advantage is that no one in our family really knew what they were doing like it's not like our parents are super into it so they weren't like now judging are, our success day, no. and being like you guys aren't booking anything they're like oh my god it's pretty cool that like that movie back. that you went in for an audition for is now like yeah. playing at the local theater like <laughs> that's pretty cool like, so right? what was the what was the do you remember your very very first audition for little house oh yeah what did you um, have to do so that day i had two auditions like planned oh you had other things going? yeah on? so it was that one first and then like an audition for like a commercial or something <laughs> So I went in and I sang Let's Hear It For The Boy. <laughs> I was nine years old, ten years old, singing Let's Hear It For The Boy. <laughs> for a Little House in the Prairie. For a Little House in the Prairie. <laughs> I think it was because it was, I don't know, Footloose, the dust and the dirt, I don't know. Oh my God. So I sang Let's Hear It For The Boy. I had a little bit of choreography, which I guess 
They liked it, my personality. They did. You did have mammography. I did have a lot of mammography, especially for that song. Yes, mammography meaning our mother choreographed her choreography. Continue. Um, Yes, so I had a little bit of choreography, and I guess they were like, oh, that's kind of cute. She's kind of (laughs) fun. They said, can you come back later for a dance call? And I was like... That day? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh, let me ask my grandpa outside if I can, if that's okay. And they were like, oh no, that's fine. Like, just go ask him. Um, just let him know that we want you to come back later at like whatever time they wanted. So I like opened the door and I said, hey, Gramp. Because he took us, he took me on the audition. I was like, hey, Gramp, can you, can we come back later? Like for this dance call? And he was like, Sure, like of course, because I was so nervous. Excited. I was nervous because I had this other audition, and he's like, "That's right." He's like, "No, take the dance call over the commercial. Like you yeah. can do that some other time or whatever. Just prioritize." Yeah. So whatever, we were like, "All right, let's if we can make it to the commercial audition, whatever." We went. We made it to that when I came back to the dance call. And it was fun. It was a blast. Because at the time, I was, like, primarily a dancer. Yeah, so that well, was the like, dance calls were always very easy to you. Which yeah. Is, which is why I think you did so well with with callbacks and things. Because you were a young kid who could pick up choreography very right. fast. Right. That, that was big very, for me. That was huge yeah. in this dance call. As I remember being, like, just really confident and comfortable in picking up the choreo that they were yeah, giving me. Which we were so young that it wasn't really everybody's strongest suit. No. Like kids were performing and they were singing but nobody was dancing so much so that Mm -hmm. was really helpful for me so I think that happened I did really well Mm -hmm. um just because I was a dancer at the time um and then I guess I got another call back where I met the director the producers like everybody like the music directors and I sang for them uh I sang let's hear for the boy I think I (laughs) again because it was a call back and I think I forgot the words no. Actually, I don't think I forgot the words. I you know I forgot. Forget. I did forget the words. It's just, it wasn't that song, and I think it was. So I forgot the words, because they actually asked me to take my glasses off when oh. I walked in the audition room. So, just so you know, Taylor, up until she was 21, right? Twenty. When did you have your LASIK surgery? I think it was nine. You, you were young. I was young. It was like 19. You were like, you, you had to get special permission I for did, it. I did, because I had like a doctor for a while. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You're good. You're, you're good, good, you're good. Taylor was so blind. Like, um, she really she really struggled. <laughs> so she had to have her, her glasses on pretty much at all times. And you didn't wear contacts. No, I didn't wear contacts because they were annoying my eyes. And I was yeah. like nine years old. So it didn't <laughs> matter at the time. But they asked me to take my glasses off because oh, no. they were like, this little girl on the prairie can't wear glasses. And that threw me off a little bit. This little girl on the prairie. Which is iconic because you ended up wearing glasses on oh stage. yeah they were like actually we want you to wear prescription glasses and they for the entire you, like, run they Harry gave me my Potter entire glasses. yeah they actually like got my <laughs> prescription and gave me my own glasses it was kind of sweet wow but in the audition room I was so flustered that I forgot the lyrics mm-hmm. for let's hear for the boy mm-hmm. whatever I composed myself I did the sides which also like I had memorized them thank god but I couldn't read the paper wait that is a testament to your work ethic, though, I know, because I actually didn't you think did about memorize it right now them. Is that like I couldn't see, so I was just <laughs> holding the paper for like no reason just other because than I couldn't just be like people. I was holding the paper already. What I a can, professional. What so, a professional. I know. I'm, I'm kind of shocked at myself right now, <laughs> recounting it. So I did that. I cried the entire way home. You did. And but who also, took you to this one, Grandpa or Dad? No, my dad, and I think my yeah. mom did because. The director at the end of it was like, "Can I, <laughs> can I meet your parents?" So she came out of the she came out of the room and she met my parents and was like, "Hey, we really like your daughter." And I guess it was just kind of like this, <laughs> making sure my parents were also kind of cool and not yes. like super crazy. Yeah. 
So it was really cool. We had that experience, but I still cried. I still cried the entire way home because I forgot the words. But then then, it was awesome. So then what? Then what happened? When did you find out? Like a while later? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think I found out pretty quickly after, and then it was like another year, a couple months until the rehearsals started. Yeah. But I think it was kind of just like a phone call that was like, you booked, and I called everybody, of course. Yeah, you told everyone, and I think what was really, really cool was that not only were you, so you were casted, what was your track that you were cast in? I was originally cast as girl number three. Yes. And the understudy for Carrie, which was like the youngest daughter. Right. So did you know what that meant at 10 years old going into the process, knowing that you'd have to actually understudy a role and and go on for it? Yeah, it wasn't. Like, I'm completely saying, like, being naive was my strongest suit in this whole thing is I, like, was always learning your tracks and stuff when you were doing them in your productions just because, like, it yeah, was around so shows. much. So I kind of had this, like, weird you ability had, like, already. I know. Already. I already had this, like, weird ability to just, like, pick up a show. Yeah. So at 10 years old, it was just me loving the show so much that I just kind of knew the in- ins and out of it, ins and outs of it, mm-hmm. and that I was think, able to pick up the track. Do you think that that had a lot to do with also your dance training growing up? Probably. Yeah. Just because like being in so many classes and learning so many things at the same time. I agree. that Because you were in a dance troupe, so you were learning quite a few dances at a given time, going to competitions and doing different things. Mm -hmm. And I always find that that people who grew up with a really solid dance training turn out to be really, really smart swings. Yeah, I definitely didn't appreciate it at the time, but like you're always like learning something new and you have to be adapting and... And, and learning, like, uh, adding on to the old things that, yeah. I don't know, I was just kind of open to it. And what was crazier, too, was the people that you went on this tour with. Mm-hmm. So you book the role, and you, you start rehearsals, and you realize that these people are no joke. These are kids that had either just graduated from really top musical theater programs in the country or were names already in the theater industry, mm-hmm. one of them being Kara Lindsay and her husband, Kevin Massey, and you were yeah. also there with Steve Blanchard and Mer- Meredith Inglesby, um, and of course, Melissa Gilbert. Yes, Melissa Gilbert, who was the OG Laura Ingalls mm-hmm. in Little House on the Prairie, the TV show. Yeah, which is iconic. I know it was like everybody's favorite TV show from mm-hmm. like our parents' little generation. Mm-hmm. So that was huge. I remember the first um, rehearsal that we had. We walked in, and my dad goes, "That's Melissa Gilbert over there," no and idea. I was like. I scanned the whole room and I was like, which one? Because like, also she just kind of blended in. Like it was already just, no one was a star. No one was this big Broadway actor. They were just, you know, doing their job, going to rehearsal. So it didn't take me until like a month in to be like, oh wow, why does everybody keep asking me why I know these Mm -hmm. people or how I know these people or what they're like? And talk to me about like balancing school and performances and also understudy rehearsals and everything about being on the road. Yeah, well, we were lucky because um, our rehearsal process started in August. So I didn't have to worry about school or anything for a whole month and for the whole rehearsal process, basically. Um, So that was six hour days of just rehearsing. But that was for a month. And then we started school at Paper Mill, which ended up being... Oh, you did? Mm Mm-hmm. We had to go early and do like four or five hours of school. Then we would get ready and then we would do the show, which, I mean, it was the same amount of time you would be at school during the day. It was kind of fun because there was only three of us. Yeah. Yeah. So there was only three of us doing our schoolwork. Um, 
it ended up being pretty easy because of that because we had such accessibility to like our teacher who yeah, was awesome. very individualized yeah. learning which i i really benefited from like yeah getting to work on my own time and uh whatever i was feeling that day i kind of got to do which it spoiled me a little bit because then i went back to school and it was <laughs> sitting in middle school true. all day true but um it was four or five hours of school a day we would get time for dinner and then we would go and do the show now you go on the tour you spend nine months performing. Several of those months you actually took over for the lead, for Carrie. Mm-hmm. So your track changed, things changed. Um, and for the majority of the tour, because she was still a child, literally 11 years old, you had to be on the tour with um, a parent or guardian. Mm-hmm. So for the majority of the tour, you had both your grandparents on the tour with yeah. you. <laughs> And then for a little bit, you had my dad. And then for a little bit, you had... Was mom also on tour with you at some point? Yeah, I had everybody doing like a little stint of the tour. It it began with um, Yaya and Grandpa. They did it for a few months. And then they left and dad did it for like a few weeks. And then mom came for a few weeks. And then it was Grandpa for the rest of the run. Mm -hmm. And like that was (laughs) probably the most fun ever is because like... It was fun when my mom and dad were there, but, but you know, Grandpa. they had work during the day. I had school during the Good day. Point. Like, Good point. you know, we were all doing our thing at night. Everybody was tired, but like Grandpa Bruce, <laughs> he was rocking. Like he was out and about. He wanted to explore. Right. He went it to was di- perfect different for events him. with you. And yeah, he really loved it. He loved it because he could just like enjoy yeah. the trip. And like, he learned so much, not only about like the country, but about theater. And he was always, oh, he was already retired. Both yeah, before, exactly. Yeah. That's why he had so much time to like, just enjoy himself. And, uh, he I think he had, yeah, I think he had <laughs> way more fun than he I, anybody else. He might've, I mean, he learned a lot time. about the theater industry too, because what was really cool was when you're a parent or guardian on tour, I mean, you, you become very involved with the entire aspect of the tour. Yeah. So he was sitting in the orchestra and, and listening to the shows and mm-hmm. watching in the audience. And he became very, um, just, just really appreciative of what actors go through. And I think that's so, I, I've, Forever, I'm so grateful that we had mm-hmm. grandparents who, because our parents, again, are very supportive. But the thing with, with grandparents is that because they were already retired, they were taking us to and from these auditions like it was no one's business. And they never, ever complained. They ne- they always I made know. themselves available. Like, what a great upbringing in that way. It was so, we were so lucky to be able to pursue this professionally. Also, it wasn't not... something that we had originally thought of. Like, no. when I had first gotten the job, mm-hmm. like, my parents were like, how are we going to be able to do this? Yeah. Like, we don't have anybody to bring you around. Like, I don't know if we can swing it that way. But then we had talked to somebody else that we had known, one of our other friends that had also been on tour. And he went out with his parents or his grandparents. And we were like, oh, wait, that's actually incredible. And my grandpa, that that was Sean. Oh, Sean Sean Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah, he was in Les Mis and he went out with his grandparents. I didn't remember. Oh, I never knew that. And that was actually like the turning point where my parents were Mm. like, Oh, wow, wait. And there was never even a question once you, I mean, I just remember being in the, I literally, this was the infamous moment when I heard about Taylor booking Little House on the Prairie. I was at like a final callback for a, for like a commercial or something. Cause I was so jealous of Taylor. She was going through all of these like, um, theatrical auditions and stuff. And I wasn't getting any theatrical auditions. It was mostly TV and film because Mm -hmm. I looked you know, like I was like fourteen years old. And you were so just like right. Past I was just the a little too old looking. The kid, the I was kid no Broadway. longer a kid, and and 
13 had basically had its run. Like, yeah. it was just a lot of, like, I was so in the middle. And so I remember when Grandpa, when they when they called Grandpa and they told him, and he was with me, taking me to that audition, and he was so excited. Mm-hmm. It was, like, meant to be. So what a cool experience. And, like, it's it was now, what? how long has it been since about 10 years or so? Yeah, Over 10 at years, least. right? <laughs> yeah. So a lot has changed since then, but I think what was really incredible about that tour was that it changed a lot of our lives your life Mm -hmm. my life even seeing these people like I think one of the reasons why I ended up going to no I know one of the reasons why I ended up going to college for musical theater was because I saw the people who I looked up to in your show Mm -hmm. like Kara and um and um Kate Lowpressed and Alessa Neek, who had all gone to these incredible the- theatrical programs, and I was like, "Let's do this." Yeah, Let's you had this. way you had way more of an idea about that yeah. than I did at the time. Like these, yeah. like once I started looking into colleges, like mm-hmm. I thought back and I, like went back through Facebook and stuff to see where these people that I went to college, like where and they went like, to college, and oh, I was cool. like, "Oh wait, they were really good. You're like so- I want to go there too." Yes. And so before before we get into college, real quick, talk to me a little bit about your experience with um, creating a role in a brand new show. We did a very, we worked on this show for like five years, mm-hmm. I think, um, and it was called Helen on 86th Street, the musical, and it was written by Nicole Kemsky and Robbie Stamper, and um, it was one of our many auditions that we went on after you came home from your tour. And <laughs> just a brief story about that audition. You want to tell it? I know. I'm like you itching it? right now. So it's we important. go to the same audition for this show. And Maggie goes in first because she's the big sister. And she's like, you know, I'll do it first. Like, I'll show you that it's not so bad. Um, and she goes in first. She crushes it. And they're like, wow, we found our... <laughs> we found our Helen. We, no, no, we found our like, lead of the show. We found our lead of the show. Now, mind you, I was way too old for the lead because I was now probably 15 excuses, years old. Excuses, excuses. No, no. I think the role... How old was the girl supposed to be? 10? She was in middle school. No. Okay, still way too old. Just generally too old for the entire production. But I went in and it was great, right? Had a great audition. Then Taylor walks in. So then I went in and I did it and I was also great. But I was 12. I was 12. So I just fit the role like a little bit better. Um, And so then I ended up getting... I ended up getting it. Maggie ended up getting it too, of course, but... Um. Yes. So we both booked the show, and I think what was really neat about it was that we were we were involved in it from its very early stages. Oh, yeah. Um, it was initially begun as a couple of, like, equity-staged readings that we did at Pearl Studios in New York that turned into an actual fully-fledged staged production, mm-hmm. and that was really, really cool, being involved in that um, and getting to know so many young artists who were really good. So what was really neat, though, for you, Taylor, was that you created this this whole role. I mean, you were the star of the show. Yeah, they. it was kind of crazy having, like, songs almost written, almost written for, for me. You. Or, like, yeah. if I was really struggling with a part, they were like, do what feels comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. Like, there was so much flexibility and, like, so much room for creativity that it was, like, such a safe space almost that yeah. it wasn't nerve-wracking or anything because... Anything that I did honestly became the character. Like, there was so much of me that ended up being in that role because we had done it for so long that it was so comfortable and a crazy experience. 
moving on now to college. So <laughs> here we go. I had already gone to college for musical theater. I had already been there for now, I guess, two years since you, before you started auditions, right? Yeah, because I was We're three and a half years apart. Yeah. So you, was there any doubt in your mind that you wanted to go to school for musical theater? No. You just knew. I always knew that I was interested in other things, but I knew that like, we'll first and foremost, it. yeah, I know, <laughs> but I knew first and foremost that I was going to go for musical theater, but I knew that I wanted to look into schools that would also offer me the opportunity to like explore some other passions, you know? Good point. That was big for me. That's a good point. It was like not going to a conservatory or doing any of that, but... That's really important to, to think about before you even audition right. for these programs, because there were certain programs that are that, that were that were big or at least popular programs that you did not audition for simply because you knew that if, if you had gotten in, you still wouldn't have gone. Right. And it would have just been a waste of time for both. Right. Like both I was really you. honest with myself and with everybody to like say, if I'm not going to actually go there, if I get in, like, I don't want these safety schools. Yeah. Like. I'm just going to go to schools that I want to go to, not because I have to go for musical theater. Right. Which leads me to, so you end up going to Montclair State University. You got a BFA in musical theater and you graduated in the pandemic. Yeah. Tell me about your senior year because it's wild. It was. I'm trying to think back to first semester. I only just, I just think of semesters by shows that you do. Oh, first semester then was, I did year in town. Yes. So that was like my final semester of like college kind of because then my second semester senior year was like flipped to the transition to the real world to showcase and then ultimately to the pandemic. But yeah, my first semester was end of college. So I did year in town, which was Mm -hmm. so fun. And it was so fun because I didn't have to worry about so much schoolwork. They set us up in Montclair really well to have True. pretty much all of our classes bombarding us freshman and sophomore True. year. So by the time you became a senior, you were already like set. I know. I had like more <laughs> than enough credits to like take my time to chill yeah. out, to like figure out what I wanted to do mm-hmm. with my life. Um, and I ended up taking that time and taking more classes. Um, yeah. But like... Some of my other friends took that time and like actually used it towards musical theater and yeah. like going in and auditioning in the city, mm-hmm. which was really easy for us at Montclair because it was so close. so close. It's a great thing about going to a school that's either in the city or so close to the city is that you really have the ability to start your career much earlier than a lot of kids do when yeah. they go to school outside. Of I was really anti areas. going to school in New Jersey just because we're from New Jersey. <laughs> And yeah, I was like, I want to get away, but I was, but once like I got into Montclair and I started thinking about like how easy it would be oh to God, just, it was a life changer. Yeah. To just go into the city and not even just audition the amount of theater that you saw during right. that time. Like it All would be required for school. Like we would go on trips with our teacher and like yeah. go and see these shows altogether. Like these Shakespearean shows that like I would never go see unless yeah. it was almost required. <laughs> But, like, everybody else was going to see them, so I got to see, like, such great theater, and Mm -hmm. my teachers and stuff were all, like, either active or, like, still going in and Mm -hmm. um, had such a relationship with the city still, Mm -hmm. which was awesome for us. And your senior year, so you end up doing You're in Town. Yes. Um, and you play Little Sally. <laughs> and then shortly after that, you were a part of a production, a, again, a very brand new production that was staged at... Montclair, which I have to say was one of the best pieces of theater, even though it was barely theater because it was still like a state, like a, yeah. like a reading almost. 
Um, one of the best pieces of theater I've ever seen, and it was the Oldenburg Suite. And I hope that after you listen to this, I need you to go and search it up on Spotify, right? It's on Spotify. Is it also on Apple Music? Yeah, it's. I know it's definitely on Apple Music because yeah. that's what I listen to. They recorded but. the the concert production that they did, um, and it's, it's really great music, and I, I have a feeling that there will be a future for that. But you do that production, then you have your showcase. And I would say, like... I ask you this question now because I, I have a lot of feelings about it too, and I know a lot of people who go through musical theater in college feel this way, is that there's probably, there's always something that you want to change or do different when it comes to your senior showcase, because you learn so much about yourself after you graduate college. Yeah. I <laughs> say now, I'm like, if I started school now, like, I would learn so much You'd more, so and I would be so much better off just because... Like, I was trying to fix so many things within myself, yeah. but also, and like... And you have four years to do it. It's, it's crazy. not the same. So, what, for those of you who don't know what a senior showcase is, it's basically a lot of musical theater programs have this, where they they um, they do a showcase either in New York City or at the, show, or, or at the actual university that you attend, um, where you can invite industry professionals, casting directors, directors, people in the theater industry that are the movers and shakers of this business, and you're basically presenting your skills, Mm -hmm. to be assessed by these people and by agents as well. And and I ask this because I think you're, that overall your showcase was amazing. And I think it, it will never be less than that because the caliber at your school is so great and mm -hmm. your class was so good. Yeah. You, can, you can agree that your class was so good. Yeah. Um, was there anything that looking back you could tell your, tell Taylor at 21 or 20, to change or something that you wish you could do again when it comes to the showcase? Um, I think with showcase, I just struggled a lot with like knowing who I was and like knowing what I wanted other people to see and like yeah the line between that. So like I was wearing clothes that I wanted to wear and I was looking the way that I wanted to wear, but I wasn't doing material necessarily that was mm. mirroring that. And I was doing material that was mirroring this type that I was going to be, which was great which was really helpful for me, but I wish that I had found more of more material that would have fit me as a person and not necessarily spoon feeding a casting director. You know what? That's so true. I think that just has like, I think overall we do have to trust our, our professors and our mentors, but ultimately, you know, you better than anyone else and you know what you want to be. In yeah. The and I like also know like the songs that I was feeling comfortable singing and the songs that I was singing because to present myself, <laughs> yeah. like, I just knew, it's a fine like, line. like, you could tell, like, my breathing would be so shaky, like, <laughs> I was slouched over, like, that's Not the what, slouch. it was the slouch, so. Not the slouch. I just wish, like, I would have trusted myself more, put more confidence into, like, I what I wanted thing. to do, as yeah. opposed to, like, what I wanted other people to be proud of me for doing. Real. And that is, that never that that is always apparent as you continue to audition professionally. I know. Choosing your material every single day that you audition has to be a matter of what you want to do versus what you think people want to see. And it's so cliche <laughs> because that's what everybody tells you to just be you yourself just, in the room, but you you like it didn't take me until after showcase to understand like what that real. really meant. Real. No and, one like, find no it one really in, find it in my own words to be like what I want to do. Yeah. So let's talk now about this lovely pandemic because you graduated in 2020, which was an awful, awful year, but 
you pivoted in such a smart way, at least for the time being. Mm -hmm. So uh, what was your thought process going into graduation and beyond once you once we hit the pandemic and where did you see yourself going from there? Well, our showcase was like literally the day that everything shut down, yeah. um, March 10th. So I think everything shut down like the 13th. Um, so right from there, like we didn't have too much response, right? I, at least I didn't get too much response no from, yeah. from showcase just because it was like there were people that canceled that didn't come or you couldn't get to the city to have these meetings with people so like I ended up having one agent meeting mm -hmm. and it went really well and like everything like that but they even it was back. virtual too right? yeah it was virtual so <laughs> this was at the very beginning exactly of the it was at the very beginning so it was a virtual meeting with this agency and they ended up emailing me back and we're like honestly we just don't have any work right now they had nothing which like that kind of put it into perspective for me like all right I can get an agent and I can t continue to work that way but like if there's no work there's going to be nothing right for now. me to do. Mm -hmm. Also, I had come out of college, so like down and out about theater. I was just mm -hmm. like, did not have a good relationship with it at the time that I kind of took my this as my opportunity to like step back, mm -hmm. which I'm really grateful that I did because now I like miss it. The other day I was reading on Actors Access that Anastasia was having auditions. <laughs> do you remember what you did? I had, I read that, oh, I read Anastasia was having auditions, but then I read it was non-union. And as you know, by now, Taylor is a union member because her tour was union. She was so sad. I was like, no. Like, so <laughs> I also probably haven't sang in like years, but I'm like, that's my role. <laughs> so I ended up wanting to take this time mm -hmm. and I got an email from my school that uh if I went to this seminar for the master's program that I could waive the application fee oh my God. and I was like okay that seems I great that. that seems great like if yeah. I just want to apply for free like if I get in or if I don't like I'll figure it out then what I want to do <laughs> so I ended up applying for computer science for a master's degree and I got in mm. and I was like, fierce, I have nothing else to do. Let me just completely take classes. But rewind. All day. Why, why computer science? Well, I started computer science for okay. my undergrad. And I actually... You my, did? Yeah, my mentality was that I was going to do a double major. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was going to take me longer than four years. Also, like, I really just should have taken the time to figure myself out and not only want to bombard myself with school. Yeah, it was a lot. Like, it, was a lot. it ended up being junior year and I was ready to drop out. Mm. which if I might have just <laughs> followed the rules and like... You wouldn't, you wouldn't, might not have been that way. Right. I might have felt <laughs> like I was on the same schedule as everybody else yes. and not so so out of it. Yeah. So that's also something that I might teach myself is just because you can't doesn't mean you probably should. Damn, that's wise. Well, you know, you went and you just started taking these classes and you, you took advantage of the time that we had because mm -hmm. at this point you had moved back home. Yeah, and all of my classes were going to be online so I was like, and you're right, not no the only time. one in your class that that started a master's as well. Yeah, everybody in my class is kind of like doing their own thing. Yeah, everybody seems like they found their way to handle the pandemic, still auditioning through videos mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, being totally a waitress pivoting. or being yeah. a teacher or being a lounge singer, you know, like these ways that you wouldn't expect to be able to go on and yeah. up. Just, I just think that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, it's... I think that's so neat. So now... Making the most out of it. So now you are literally in the heart of working on this degree. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm... May I'm, the force be with you. Yeah, I'm trying to find ways now to put the two into... Like, put the two together. Because yeah. it's... At some point, I'm going to have to stop going to school. 
and I'm going to have to get a job that is going to be a career. Well, so. we do we do love that you are nannying. I know, I do. With I'm the a best, nanny. The best gal. I know. I nanny a little gal. She's four years old, and she's so fun. And the family is so supportive as well of yeah, what the you theater, of mm-hmm. my degree, and everything. So I really, I got lucky with them. Mm-hmm. And that's been incredible. Mm-hmm. Just to, to, as a job to, like, mm-hmm. play with kids, and it helps me get a sharper mind and mm-hmm. keeps me active, so... I, my last question for you is if you could give a piece of advice to someone who is young, who's entering this career, because we do have quite a few people who are young yeah. who want to pursue this professionally, what would you say? Um, I say that it's not as big of a deal as you think it is. Yeah. Like, the world will keep turning. Like... I know what you mean. You know, like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Like, especially if you you're a kid. Like, exactly. Like, you can do this for fun. This doesn't need to be your job. Like, take it seriously and do it because you're passionate about it, not because mm-hmm. you need to do it for a living. Like, enjoy it while you can. Mm-hmm. But sure. you're still a kid. Exactly. I think that was one of the best the best lessons we learned over our time pursuing this professionally at a young age because the pressure wasn't on to book. Mm-hmm. There's a different pressure that comes when you are out of college and you're you're having to pay for yourself to go through life. Mm-hmm. There's a different pressure that comes with booking a job. But when you're a kid, there's there is no pressure. You don't need to be working. We had to go through labor laws, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you don't even need to be working. So so you're absolutely right. Like do it because you're passionate about it, not yeah. because you want to work and you want to be the best and you want to be doing the, too. right and you want to be doing <laughs> Broadway shows uh-huh. like just do a show at your community theater and do it because you love it or mm-hmm. do the regional production you'll learn because just as there's much. local tryouts like yeah do real. what you can and enjoy it while you can real I loved this I'm so glad that we did this I'm glad that I didn't prep I'd be Me a little too. nervous I'm I'm a little nervous that people aren't gonna be able to tell who's talking <laughs> like they won't be able to tell who's Maggie like and who's Taylor. Can we address this at the end? I know. Like I should say, hi, this is Taylor. <laughs> like you should listen. This is my voice. Yo, that's funny. And that's Maggie. This is my voice. This is my voice. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Taylor, for for joining us. I've been wanting to do this since I started this podcast, and I'm so glad. Oh wow. Honestly, I'm. Glad. I'm in the presence of a star. Okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my